In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another episode of Southern Fried Soccer. I'm at Mercedes-Benz Stadium where Atlanta United drew with expansion side FC Cincinnati one to one on Sunday. Joseph Martinez opened the scoring for the five stripes in the fifth minute with an assist by Julian Gressel. And then Atlanta United dominated possession, but really could do nothing with that domination and opened the door for Cincinnati to get the tying goal in the 86th minute on a great pass from Kenny Saif to Roland Lamont. Uh, he had a left footed strike on, on a shot that Guzan really, if he'd have guessed right, I guess he could have got it, but really had no chance. On trying to get, um, so Atlanta United falls to one three and one uh, in its first five games. It again did not look particularly good, did not look particularly efficient. Really didn't like it had too many ideas. Uh, I'm going to ask Jason Longshore, my typical guest after games. Jason, of course, uh, runs SoccerDownHere.net and does analysis on ninety two point nine FM. Jason. What are your first thoughts about the game? I forgot when you said that they drew that it was a point because it didn't feel like a draw. Um, they had the early advantage and didn't do anything with it. Cincinnati showed a little more tactical intelligence than we had seen in preseason and in their first match. They realized, sit deeper clog up the passing lanes, make life difficult, and then try to hit on the break. And Kenny Safe came in and changed the game for them. He gave them a, a player who could get out on the break and could cause some problems. And he created the goal. Um, it was all just kind of a, a pretty benign ball up the right side, and Safe is able to turn away from Leandro Gonzalez-Perez and, and hit a pass that split five defenders. Mm-hmm. And Roland Lamar is going to finish that every time. So... The fact that Atlanta United had so much possession and only created, I believe it was seven shots on goal. Yeah, just, no, just four shots on goal. Four shots on goal, sorry. Uh, Ten shots total. It's just not good enough right now. Um, I don't think, honestly, like I don't think it's formation right now. I don't think it's anything other than if, if I'm an opponent and I look at this team at the moment, I'm going to do what Aradiano tried to do. And I think then they, they overthought it in the second leg. I'm going to do what D.C. United did. I'm going to do what FC Cincinnati did. I'm going to sit. I'm going to play four in the back or five. And I'm going to play four or three in front of that to where everything is clogged. And trust that Atlanta United can't get behind me. Because that's the biggest difference from 2017 and 2018 to 2019 is there is no penetration 
in the final third. You don't have the speed to get in behind right now, and you don't have the passing ability and connection to get in behind right now, and it's showing. Yeah, there were there were so many curious things about this. Um, you know, we, we asked Abor several pointed questions after the game if he was concerned uh, about the offense in four of its first five games is just really not creating very much. Um, he said, basically, we haven't had a lot of time to work on it. In this game in particular, when Cincinnati was bunkering, we tried to get runners in behind. Those runners were supposed to be, I think, Barco and Pitti, but neither one of those players were speedsters. Um, and so it didn't work. But then Frank said he thought they created more chances in the second half than the first half. If you go back and look at the stats, Atlanta United, by the stat definition, created six chances in the first half, just one in the second I, half. I, I didn't feel that way at all. I didn't feel like the second half was better in terms of creating chances. It felt like it got worse. Um, the first substitution... I didn't think helped. I think it actually made things worse defensively with Darlington Nagby coming on because Nagby and Rometty were in the same place or sometimes Rometty was trying to step up and fill the role that Nagby was dropping away from. Yeah, yeah. I, it I really, was what really was Nagby, awkward. Because he came on for Barco, Marco. But he did but not play no. tradition. He didn't play typically as that inside forward. He was dropping deep and Rometty at times looked like, well, okay, I'll step up because I have to because there's nothing there. Right. It felt disjointed, and I don't know if that's miscommunication, if that's players not doing what they were asked to do. I have no idea, but it got worse, and it, that didn't help create more chances. I thought Andrew Carlton brought a spark yep. and brought some energy, which yep. was good, and that was what was lacking. And you mentioned players being tired. You know, It's, it's obvious that when you bring in somebody who's fresh, yeah. they're going to bring a spark. Most of this group of starters are now starting their fifth game in 17 days. It's rough. It's, it's, it's odd lineup choices by Frank. He was asked about why are you not using the depth, and he said, well, we knew there was going to be a big crowd. We knew they'd want to see pity. Uh, those are just some of the things that went into my thinking, which I don't think either of those things should go into his thinking. Um, I get it. But, but I'm not the manager. Yeah, I get it. But um, that's not... To me, just speaking of pity, I don't think that he understands his role within the formation. I don't think his teammates understand what his role within the formation is supposed to be. I think Barco, kind of like last season, just really doesn't know what he's supposed to be doing. See, I, I disagree on Barco. I, I feel like Barco is actually trying to play off of Pitti Martinez and, and be something different. In Kennesaw against Aridiano, I thought Barco did a really good job. If Pitti was playing a little higher with Joseph, Barco was playing a little deeper, things felt more connected. I felt like tonight he was trying to do some of the same. Um, I, I would not have pulled him when he came off. I thought he was actually playing pretty well. Um, P.T. Martinez is, is a very talented player. There is no questioning that, and I think anybody who is is, is missing the point right now. I was talking to uh, our, our audio engineer um, extraordinaire, Miller Pope, um, Atlanta sports legend, about P.T. Martinez just a few minutes ago, and to me, he's the kind of player, if you're looking for a basketball comparison, I'll go somebody like Pete Maravich, who was just such a gifted, talented player, 
sometimes it's hard to fit into a new group because Pitti is trying to do things not on the same page as his teammates. They don't know what he's going to do. He doesn't know what they're going to do. And it looks like it is right now. And I feel like you're adding into that. Now he's feeling the pressure. And now he's starting to press a little bit. And now that's making it even more difficult. There needs to be a little more definition in this team right now. It's it's a little too disjointed, and it's a problem. It's something that has to change. And I'm with you on that. We heard a little bit of Frank DeVore's press conference about you're playing a lot of these same guys a lot of the time, and they're not getting to train, and they're not getting to work on these things, and and it is it's a problem. He's 100% right in that regard. Mm-hmm. You're, you're recovery, and then you're doing a walkthrough, and you're playing. You're not really getting any chance to work on anything tactically. To me, that's why I think maybe there's more of an opportunity to give a guy like Andrew Carlton a game here, to give Jeff Lorenowitz more of a game. He got the start today. That helped. But to give more guys who are not playing quite as many minutes some time, because if the tactics are not going to be where you want them to be yet, because you can't expect them to be there yet, because you're not getting a chance to work on it, wouldn't it be better to have fresher legs while you're trying to figure that out? I'd probably lean that way. Well, speaking of fresher legs, Hector Viaba has played one minute in the past two games. I, I don't know if there's something between he and DeBoer, if DeBoer is saving him or what, but that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The other thing that doesn't make if a lot of sense... If he's not in the starting lineup Wednesday, I'll yeah. be wondering why. The other thing that doesn't make a lot of sense to me is you were at DeBoer's introductory press conference, and I remember him saying, we're not making wholesale changes, we're just making tweaks because it works. Mm-hmm. It has worked. This is not tweaks. This is wholesale... feels like a wholesale change. It, it feels like you kind of take in a race car... And right now, it's like a Volkswagen. I I don't understand what may... DeBoer reference, he always considers formation changes, like mm-hmm. perhaps going back to the 4-3-3 that most of these players know well from when Tata coached it. Um, Formation's not the issue right now. I, I think it, part of it is because I, there's giant holes in the middle third of the field going I dis- forward. I disagree There's no that. one playing off Joseph. He's isolated. He's not getting any service. It's, it's, I, but again, what I'm what I'm saying is I don't think it has anything to do with the formation that's causing that. He's not getting service because nobody can get in behind a stacked defense. That, that's just the fact right now. You could have it in a four three three, a four two three one, a four four two, a three five two, and I'd probably lean to the latter. But nobody's penetrating. I mean, let, let's go through the lineup. You mentioned lack of speedsters. That's one part of it. You don't have a Miguel Almiron anymore who you can play the ball over the top and Miguel's going to chase onto it and that's going to stretch a team out. You don't have that. Breck Shea's not going to get down the left wing in that way. Breck Shea can beat somebody off a dribble, but he's not going to get in behind. George Bellow might be able to give you that. We saw a little bit of that with ATL UTD2 last night. He played a little over 60 minutes. You need something like that. Right side. I think Franco Escobar can be that guy. And we saw that a lot late in the in the postseason with balls over the top. Let Franco Escobar chase it down and make something happen. And he did. Julian Gressel's not that player either. Gressel wants to combine and play. Right now you have a lot of guys who are combining and playing but out in front of the final third because no one can get in behind. If you're the opposition right now, there's no reason to not sit deep because nobody's getting behind you. 
Just make them play in front of you and that's it. And that's what's happening. And the only way you combat that is to break it down individually. And Pitti Martinez is not doing that at the moment. Barco's not doing that at the moment. And you're stuck. And right now this team feels stuck. Okay, we'll have to agree to disagree on the formation. Um, because there's no signs of improvement uh, through five games with this formation. You could put them in any shape. If nobody's um, getting in behind, I don't think it changes. And, and that's the... That's the bigger issue to me, but, but, as but opposed to formation. They stacked defenses last year. Yeah, and they got in behind them because they had people who could get in behind them. Right now, they don't. You can play a ball over the top, and who's getting it? Joseph could get it if there was someone playing underneath him. Not with not two center backs. Not with two center backs dealing with Joseph. That's the problem. Is okay. That is that's true. Joseph would be your fastest player on the field right now. You played over the top to him. I mean, you have two center backs all over him every time. There was one ball through the middle tonight where Joseph is trying to fight through Kendall Waston and Nick Hagland to get to a bouncing ball in front of the goalkeeper. And, I mean, he's not Superman. That's, that's the issue. There's just not really much of an alternative at the moment except for passing around the final third with no penetration, and it's just not creating much. The, uh, Leandro Gonzalez-Perez, another yellow card. Uh, that's his third one in five games. Uh, he did get turned by... Uh, Kenny Saif. Um, he's had a couple of good games, a couple of poor ones. He struggled today. Yeah, he's yeah. I he think he was tired today. But yeah, I think all the guys are are they've got to be just flat worn out. But he's in a unique situation, and I'm I'm completely fine with him being in the lineup today for for a big reason. He can't play Wednesday. I think he had right, to yeah, play. Yeah, today. I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think he was I tired that, that affected his play today, but he had to play today. And really, there's no other center back. No, you didn't have a choice. He was going to play no matter you what. You could put Jeff, but Nagby or Rometty needed a break. Yeah. And you don't have a – I guess you could put Kratz in, but for all the depth that the team kind of bragged about at the beginning of the season, it's hard to see. You're not right seeing now. it and or it's not – it hasn't earned – the technical staff's trust yet. And that's a bad combination at the moment because you're looking thin. So Monterey comes to town on Wednesday with a three-goal lead. Um, you know, the best team, arguably the best team in North America, you could argue top three in the Western Hemisphere uh, yeah. behind maybe Boca and River or another team in Argentina that might pop into mind. Yeah, you've got a couple others that are um, on that level, but Monterey's right there. It seems unlikely that Atlanta United is going to get the result it needs to advance in the Champions League on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Then you have a Philadelphia team coming to town on Sunday, just four days later again, mm -hmm. in this gauntlet of games, that uh, has dropped all six points. It's looked so really far, bad in doing it. So far this season, and looked bad. And They're missing Marco Fabian. won't have Fabian. But they are likely going to try to park the bus. They're going to have to. Um, and it's going to be kind of the same... Set of headaches that Atlanta United has experienced in all but one game so you're, far. You're going to park the bus and you're going to try to hit Fafa Pico on the break. He's one of the fastest players in the league, and that means Miles Robinson's going to have a lot of cleaning up to do. And I thought Miles again tonight. I mean, he was our man of the match. There wasn't a whole lot right. of choices, but right. I thought Miles did a good job tonight. Um, he had a couple plays. He ran down Kakuta Mane once, left him in a heap up against the advertising board. Uh, he played well, but. When you're turning to a center back when you have 66 to 70% of the possession in a match for your man of the match, that's, that says all you need to say about where the attack is right now. 
And here, looking at the stat sheet, this is one more kind of uh, stat of indictment against what was happening today to me. You look at duels one, Cincinnati won 51.7. So they won the majority of the duels against yeah, the MLS majority. champions. DeBoer, I'm going to paraphrase his quote, but said, you know, Atlanta United is, is the hunted this year. Mm. And perhaps the supporters have gotten a little bit spoiled from the results the previous two years. And I think that was a very smart thing of him to say. I don't think it was accurate either because Atlanta United has been hunted since basically its second game at Minnesota when it went up and rolled Minnesota. Yeah, they were hunted all last year for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, I think it, from, that's from fair that enough. point going right. forward. So they're used to being hunted. It's different, there's, but yeah. There's, I agree. Just, there's, something, there's something not connecting. And I don't know what it is. The, the duels thing, that what I'll say about it today is I think two players who usually dominate in, in those types of situations are Leandro Gonzalez-Pierre and Eric Rometty, and they just didn't have a lot in the tank today. And, yeah, and that again, was the biggest issue. I thought Rometty struggled. He was sloppy. LGP was sloppy. Sloppiness from players that you don't normally see sloppiness from is because they're tired generally. And that's what it looked like with quite a few different players today. I had hoped to speak with a few players after the game. But there's a different setup this year, and uh, by the time we got to the locker room, the only guys left were uh, Guzan, Parkhurst, Nagby, and Grussell. So we, I, we didn't get to talk to Joseph or Barco, Rometty, Shea, um, any of those guys. Grussell was there if I forgot to mention him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's uh, this is going to be a rough patch for Atlanta United, and I really – you know, and, and then after Philadelphia, they go to Columbus. They get two weeks, though. Yeah, they, the, they get a week off. That, they that two weeks. Make, get a rest and make adjustments. But Columbus is not going to be an easy team to break down. No, they're not. Ohio. They're not. This, I, I don't think this is going to get better. Uh, it could flatline for a little bit, uh, the, with the exception of the Monterey game. But uh, if Atlanta United supporters don't have some patience uh, – you know, the the chatter and the complaints are going to get loud on social media. They're loud now. I mean, and this is something I'll say about that. I mean, I can disagree with different points that are made, and, and that's fine. That's that's the beauty of this game. I mean, it, it is a very – you see it one way through your experiences. I see it a different way. Somebody else sees it a different way. That's great. That's what generates all this discussion, and it's a good thing. And it's a good thing for there to be high expectations – and it's a good thing for a one-one draw against a team in their second MLS match to not be good enough. Absolutely, these are all good things. Um, I just hope people can think a little bit as they're watching it and think through it and think about what they're seeing that doesn't make sense or think about what they don't like. Don't jump to a, a rash point. Let's like consider this because this is the first adversity this club's had. This is the first time, even in some of the rough patches in 2017, in year one, I don't remember a feeling like this. I don't remember a feeling like this at all. Even when you were grinding a bit in the middle and kind of struggling to do much, you were getting draws. You were you were getting like draws where you were coming from behind and showing something in it, yeah, closest, as opposed to a draw like this. The closest may have been the DC Philly road trip, and but you grinded out a point in Philly. Yeah, that tar- the title on your yeah. Side. See, that's the difference. Yeah. Is right now, it, it feels like you're sliding. You got worse as the night went on today. 
the the thing I held on to in game one in Aridiano was that you finished each half better than you started it. And it was the first game. It's the first game, but you got yeah. better in the in the game. Yeah. Then you had a good second match, and I thought DeBoer was very smart to point it out, and I think he's 100% correct. You had a week in between, and you had a week to work on things, and they showed a lot better in that game. 100% true. DC didn't work, and that's a tough one to, to sit here and really break down because you did have conditions that fell into it, and DC's a good team. Like, if you've gotten a draw in D.C., fine. That was tough. You go to Monterey, good for 75 minutes, feels a lot worse after giving up two goals late, and then today there's just nothing to really find in it. Going back to that Monterey game, the team had the 1-0 lead, 70th minute, 75th minute, Mm -hmm. no subs were used. Mm -hmm. Didn't really use a sub until the 89th minute when Viaba came on, which by then it really didn't make any difference. It was done. Tonight, 1-0 lead. 80th minute still has a sub in the pocket. What do you make of that? I don't know, to be honest. Especially when it's five games in 17 days and most of these guys have played in all of these games. I, that's, that's a good question. And I don't know the thinking behind it. Um, it, the Monterey one, and let's go to that one first, because there was a comment afterwards about he thought things were going well, didn't want to change that. And up to 75-ish minutes, I'd have to go back and find the mark where I started to get worried. It was before the goal, but not far before the goal. Okay, I completely agree. Start the second half, I thought maybe a sub here. Mm-hmm. Didn't go with it. Monterey had the better of the play. Then Atlanta bounced back and had the best stretch, I think, against the best opponent they've had all season. For about 15 minutes in Monterey in the second half, they looked good. And they were forcing Monterey on their heels. I wouldn't have touched a thing. You started to see when Pizarro came on that he was running at tired legs. Okay, I'd, I'd seriously be thinking about a sub there, and Mike Conti and I were talking about it on the broadcast. After the second goal, that was the one where you can't give up the third. And even if your sub at that point, at about 80 minutes, is to make everything slow down so you can, get, you can readjust and readjust to the new mission at hand, do it. And I was surprised it didn't happen. Today, I was surprised that the, the second one or the third one didn't come because I felt like first one didn't have an effect. Second one did. You got better going into the attack with Carlton. Maybe one more set of fresh legs would have cleaned it up. And you had that issue in the middle that we talked about with Nagby, Rometty. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like it was clarified. You could have made a sub to clarify that. You could have brought on Kratz for Rometty and said, you're, you're here. He's here. Do it. And it, it just... I don't know. It was strange. Yeah, and, and I think that first game at Herediano, one of the subs wasn't used. That's fine. That um, one, because you were playing well at the end. I was okay yeah, with that. Um, but I just, it's it's an, it's just an odd thing to me. Um, and I don't feel like you have to make all three, but when you have a tired team, I think yeah. you, you really probably should be leaning that way. But if you like what you're seeing, and in that first game against Herediano, it is first game, Team was looking good at the end. I wouldn't have changed it. Up to 75 in Monterey, I wouldn't have changed it, even though I thought about it before. It, it's when things change, using subs to to regain control or get a spark in or fresh legs, and it hasn't really been happening much. Now, uh, you know, my only – I'm not big on, oh, you got to make a sub around the 60th minute. Right, right. I, I don't definitely don't that, subscribe to that. But I did make a comment to you in y'all's booth before the game that I'm curious after 70 minutes how much the team is going to have left because they just played yeah. 
three nights prior at DC, it was 10 of the 11 starters Mm -hmm. that were back in. And, you know, they've traveled at that point 5,000 miles Mm -hmm. uh, already um, on top of all the games. And it just, to me, it seems like the team would have had a plan. Look, set it up beforehand. If we have a result like this, we're going to put fresh legs in, regardless of – because you can't – Frank's thing, well, we were playing well until we weren't. Well, okay, but you can anticipate fatigue. I mean, you've been an athlete, you know? Yeah, but um, it, there there wasn't at 70. I'm just throwing out 70. No, no, for sure, example. for sure, for sure. At, at that point, up until the Pizarro sub, which I believe was 71st, I wouldn't have changed anything. And you had a lot of Because you were on the front. On the True. But I wouldn't have changed anything up until the Pizarro sub, because you were on the front foot. Right. When that happened... And you saw it flip. You lost the momentum, and Monterey gained the momentum. Then it's a different situation. And it was also pretty clear that Lenny United was not going to score no, in that game. No, no. Um, so you shore up the defense. You bring. You take Pity or uh, Barco off. Put Jeff on. Go four in the back. Just really clog it up. Um, something like that. I, it's just it. It was really curious to me. It, it's. Um, it's not always as easy as you think to change shape and and especially defensively to go to four center backs like that doesn't really fit i would have put more bodies in the midfield to clock wherever up you want front. to put it to clock yeah. it up these guys have played in two different formations under tata for they, sure they, they could have they could have handled it and jeff is what how many games now major more than four. yeah but i mean you're not going to go <laughs> true but you're not going to play four center backs cuz that well, doesn't well i'm just throwing yeah, it out there no nah, yeah exactly. i got you i got you um you could have done four across the back and pushed the wing backs up and just taken out the flanks. Anything like that. Any kind of change. Just to put some fresh legs back there. Because you, you needed something in the middle when you get mentally tired, the game. When you get mentally tired is when the physical breakdown started happening. Yeah. And that's what happened on those two goals. Yeah. Pizarro um, changed the game. He brought energy to the middle that you did you couldn't match. So anyway, what do y'all have coming up, Jason? Uh, we've got Overreaction Monday, which should be a fun one, uh, tomorrow morning, 9 to 11. Yeah, thanks, Doug. Um, 9 to 11 on the Soccer Down Here app on SoccerDownHere.net, uh, Spreaker. We'll have an afternoon show as well that will probably continue on with the Overreaction Monday uh, theme. That'll be at 6.30. It is technically soccer over there, but I'm sure we'll be revisiting a lot of stuff from today. And uh, stoppage time over at 92.9 The Game on Wednesday at 2 o'clock. We'll preview Monterey. We'll talk about tonight. And then we are on Star 94-1 for the Monterey broadcast. 7.30, five stripes countdown, 8 o'clock, slightly after 8 kickoff. Do you think DeBoer is going to roll out the same guys against Monterey? I don't know. and I, that's, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I'd love to see Andrew Carlton get more minutes based off what we saw tonight. And I would love to see George Bellow in if he's recovered from playing his first minute since Aridiano uh, last night with ATL UTD2. Those are the two that I'd really like to see. I'm curious if Franco will come in. And um, then I don't know where he's at. So, yeah, yeah if, he's, if he's available, yes, I want to see him as soon as he's available. I'm also curious if we're going to see a change back to the 4-3-3. Because at this point, you really have nothing to lose. And you might time, have to because you don't have Leandro Gonzalez. In, in this formation, you're not going to get you're not going to get three goals against Monterey out of this formation. The way it's being played right now, maybe later in the season with more experience, if you were to play again, possibly. 
Yeah, but, but it's you know, I don't see it happening. But, right like now. I said, I, I think you switch to a four three three, and the issues are not formation. The issues are getting uh, in behind. Yeah. And we'll have to agree to disagree. On well, that. if you put Viaba in though in the four three three, if you put Viaba into a three four three. That's a different. Now, that hasn't happened yet, so I don't think yeah. it's going to happen. I know, but that's, <laughs> but that's a different conversation. Um, um, you might have to go to war because of LGP being out. We've been talking for a long time. Yeah. I'm uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Please consider subscribing to this podcast, Southern Fried Soccer, and please consider subscribing to the Atlanta Journal Constitution. We will talk to you later.